Hey church, good afternoon. It's so good to see you. I hope you're here to worship the Lord. Would y'all just join us? Put your hands together so we can give praise to the Almighty. Amen. Just put our hands together tonight. Step out of the shadows. Step out of the grave. Break into the wild and don't be afraid. Run into wide open spaces, graces waiting for you. Dance like the weight has been lifted, graces waiting with the Spirit of the Lord.
in spirit and in truth, knowing that you give us freedom, Heavenly Father. Thank you. Thank you for your goodness and your grace and your mercy. Thank you because we worship you knowing that you are God and that your word will never fail. Your grace will never fail. Your forgiveness will never fail and you will be true again and again and again and again.
know, church, sometimes we need to just believe that we're still in his hands. I don't know what you got going on in your life. It may be really good. It may be really bad. But you're still in his hands. Would you just invite the presence of the Lord to come in here and remind you that you are still in his hands. Lord, we are in your hands. Let us fill your presence. Let us remind each one of us that we are in your hands. Thank you, Lord, for keeping us there. Thank you, Lord, that you keep us safe. Thank you, Lord, that you give us grace and mercy and keep us in your hands. Would you just be in this place, Lord? Let us feel your presence. Let let your love and grace and mercy wrap around us so that we know that we can feel the God we serve. Oh, just come in, Heavenly Father. Come in this place. There's nothing worth more that will ever come close. No thing can Nothing can compare 
Heavenly Father, thank you so much, God, for meeting us here tonight, God. Thank you for your spirit, God, that truly is filling the atmosphere tonight. Heavenly Father, you are a God that meets us where we're at, God. You are a God who not only meets us where where we're at, but you love us enough to not leave us there, God. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for allowing us into your presence, God, allowing us into your goodness and being able to meet with you here tonight, God. Your spirit is here, Lord, and we give you praise for that. It's in your precious and holy name we pray, God. Amen. Church, why don't we lift up one more shout of praise? Come on. Isn't God great? Come on. Amen, amen. Hey, church. Let's take a moment and greet each other as worship comes to an end tonight. All right, all right, church. You'll find your way to your seats. How are you guys doing tonight? Doing all right, man. Isn't God great? Man, just, there's nothing like being here tonight, worshiping with Pastor Mike over here, leading us on the drums, man. Good evening, family. Got a good workout on that worship, man. (laughs) Man, God is in this place tonight. Thank you, Lord. Man, God is so good. It's so amazing to be with you guys tonight. You know what? Church is Worship kind of comes to an end, at least the music portion, because my heart is still worshiping. I know oh, yours yeah. is as well. Amen, amen. We want to welcome those as well watching from home, mm-hmm. uh, watching from uh, our Facebook, our YouTube, and our streaming site. Welcome in to you as well. Just before we get started, we want to just talk about a couple of things. I know, uh, once again, we're going to just touch on summer camp, uh, summer youth camp, young people. Where are you at? Come All on, right, come on. young people. I love these kids, man. Hey, church, for those parents and guardians that are going to be sending some kids to camp this year, I just want to remind you, I know we've been making some phone calls this last week, and we mentioned it on Sunday, but this Sunday, Mm -hmm. immediately following second service at 1230, there is a mandatory, and I know the word mandatory, nobody likes it, but we kind of have to, (laughs) we kind of have to say it because we need you there. We need you guys to be at this meeting at 1230 in the RISE youth room, in the NBC youth room, in the sanctuary. We need to talk go over some policies and procedures. We have some paperwork for you guys to sign. And it's really mostly for our host facility, Bonita Camp. Mm-hmm. These papers, the, the, these paperwork, this waiver essentially, if you don't get to sign this paper, you essentially can't even load the bus. So we need you guys there. So if you're sending a, a kid to camp or one of, your, one of your family, one of your relatives, a friend, I need you guys there, parents and guardians, to sign this paperwork. And also we're going to give you a list of details of what you're going to need, sleeping bags, those kind of things, of what they provide, what we provide, what you need to provide, some very important information that's going to keep you well informed of what's going to happen while your kid is in our care for this entire week. 
So it's important that you guys are there. That's this Sunday, immediately following second service, and it begins at 1230. So we want you mm-hmm. there. You're going to get to meet our counselors. You're going to get Absolutely. meet to camp leadership. Camp is going to be so amazing this year. We have some amazing guest speakers from around Absolutely. our movement, around the state. Pastor Terrence Jalo from El Paso will be a guest speaker. Of course, our pastor, Richard Mansfield, will be there all week with the kids. Yeah. And then he's speaking on Wednesday night, speaking into their life. And then Pastor Anthony Rael from New Beginnings Crestview is going to be speaking in there. And, of course, their own youth minister from New Beginnings is going to be there as well. <laughs> so, guest worship leader this year. Um, there's a dicho that my grandma used to say, if you don't speak Spanish, there's an SAP button somewhere on your phone. <laughs> Dice el dicho que está bueno el cilantro, pero no tanto. <laughs> and I'm the cilantro. And so we decided to bring in a guest worship leader this year um, just because something different for the kids. You know, it's going to be super awesome. We're super excited for them. And not only camp, but David, there's something else in the work. Right after camp, where are we going? We're going to San Antonio, Texas for the ah. International Youth Convention. Yeah, we are so pumped about IYC. I know it was so transformative for me, for Chris over here too. That's really where we felt called for me. to ministry. Yeah. Man. Yeah. And so it's fantastic. We got some kids signed up and hey, uh, if you are in high school, uh, we are pushing that deadline for registration and for the financial obligation that comes with it. But if you are interested, if you, if you can uh, commit to being, to going to this trip, then come talk to me, come talk to Pastor Mike. We'll get you whatever info you need. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, you know what? And I'm going to take this opportunity. If the Lord is putting something in your heart and you want to make an impact and you want to make a difference and you want to maybe sponsor a child, maybe, mm. maybe, maybe halfway. Mm. It doesn't have to be the full thing. But maybe you say, hey, I, I, got, I got five on it. <laughs> That's cool. Huh? I'm not mad at you. But I want you to be involved in the life of our young people. Absolutely. And if, you, if the Lord is putting in your heart that you want to go ahead and sponsor a child, maybe halfway, maybe something, man... We would greatly appreciate that because we want young people. So if you're in high school or older, if you're going into high school, so if you're just graduated eighth grade and you're going into ninth grade, you maybe have a student graduating eighth grade, going to ninth grade, and you want them to experience International Youth Convention with the Church of God, come and talk to us. We want to give you as much information as possible because guess what? That deadline is soon, soon, soon approaching as well. It's actually quite past, mm-hmm. but <laughs> we want to take your kids with us. Okay, we really do. As mm-hmm. crazy as it may seem, we want to. Take your kids with us. Yeah. I know. You know how crazy they can get. Mm-hmm. All right. And it's talking about kids. NB Kids is going to be having a pool party this Saturday. Who's a part of that this Saturday? Come on. Come, come on. on. All right. Uh, that, not too many hooping and hollering. So guess what? If you want to be a part of that, I invite you to sign up or talk to Miss Jessica across mm-hmm. the way at NB Kids. And we want you to sign up because they're going to be having a pool party. And that's going to be at Rio Grande Pool. And uh, the Rio Grande pool, that's not the Rio Grande high school pool. Don't get it confused. It's not Rio Grande high school pool. It's the Rio Grande pool right by Kit Carson Park. Okay? Mm-hmm. So get some more information on our website and on our app. You can also register on there. That way we can plan accordingly for that mm-hmm. one. That's going to be a fun yeah. event this Saturday. Absolutely. Okay? Absolutely. And also, you know, something that's coming up this Sunday, this weekend, we're having child dedications Sunday after second service. And so you can register online at NBCABQ.com forward slash events. I always stumble over my words saying those letters, man. Uh, And also our NBCABQ app, you can find all the registration links on there. And so again, child dedications, if you have a child that you'd like to dedicate to the Lord, just 
pray blessing and anointing over them, then please sign up for that. That's going to be this week. And, you know, church, we've got so many other things going on. Pastor Mike, how can we stay connected? Hey, you know what, church? We always talk about how you can stay connected. A, always stay connected via our social media platforms and our website. Mm. But you can also make an impact. And the last thing, impact, like I said, you can make an impact earlier by the donations that you give. Mm. And we want to thank you for everything that you're doing. We could not go to camp if it not were for the donations and your faithful tithing and giving. Mm. We cannot do international youth convention. And so if you want to continue to be a part of, uh, part of that life of what we do here at New Beginnings, we invite you to do that by giving via our digital platforms. That's our texting, our app, or our website. Or you can give at one of the tithing boxes at any doorway here in the sanctuary. We invite you to do that and be a part of that. You at home, we invite you to be a part of that as well. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, church. It's all about them kids. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> okay? And also, a quick reminder, it's not just about the kids, but men, don't forget, I'm not going to get you off the hook on this one. It's a work day on Saturday, men. Gentlemen. Gentlemen, men's mm-hmm. breakfast this Saturday, and it's going to be at, oh, <laughs> young people. I think that was all my girls. And all the young people say, boo. Yeah. And that's going to be, we're going to team up with Teen Challenge. Okay, Absolutely. so men yeah. of God, we invite you to be a part of that, okay? Now, with that being said, we want to thank you so much again for your time and for listening to all of these announcements. Thank mm-hmm. you. There's always, always, always so much going on. We try to hurry. We try to stay as calm as possible, but... We want to give you as much information as possible. Mm-hmm. With that, Pastor Richard, we want to invite you to come Absolutely. up and introduce. We have an awesome guest speaker tonight. Pastor Richard, take the pulpit. Follow all uh, Brother David out to the class. So make sure you guide this for sixth grade on up. Hey, I need the lights, house lights on because, Tomas, I need you to help me out with this. So we're going to have the men's breakfast in Tijeras, in, in, in Tijeras. Make sure you understand. We're going to Tijeras, okay? Tijeras. We're going to Tijeras. And I need a head count of how many guys are going to go with me to men's breakfast and help out there at the, uh, at, at the Teen Challenge property. So, Tomas, I need you to take a head count as a... So, men that are going to go, raise your hand real quick. Raise your hand real quick. If you plan on going, uh, and, and hold your hand up till Tomas counts you, so you t- let them know when you finish on that side, Tomas. So, you, that way they can put their hand down. Okay, we got them? You got them all? Good. Okay, and make sure you text me that number, because I got to text that to Pastor Robert tonight. Okay, guys, look. Have you ever met somebody, and the minute you meet them, your, your heart are kind of knitted. It's like David and Jonathan that you go, man, I, I, I can do life with this guy. I can walk and minister with this guy. Well, I, that, that happened when I met um, the Reverend Dr. Steve Stewart. Uh, <laughs> Brother Stewart is the executive director and founder of Impact Nations. They're mobilizing the church to minister and win people around their neighborhood and around the world. And it's an exciting time because I've asked them to come and fill the pulpit tonight to help literally light a fire in us to just be able to share the gospel of Jesus Christ and to do it the way that'll be impactful. Amen? So would you welcome Brother Steve Stewart to the platform?
Can you hear me? Oh, hi, Mom. Um, oh, those lights are bright. I, um, I just will echo what uh, Pastor Richard said. We, I, uh, Impact Nations put on a conference, and as part of that, I was meeting a lot of pastors in the city. I think we connected with about 100 of them. And uh, we had lunch together, and lunch practically turned into supper. And um, I feel the same, just a real connection. And um, so I started hanging out here. I guess that's probably two months ago or something. And I love it. I love the baptisms. Man, I love the baptisms. And uh, so anyway, I'm delighted to be here. Uh, my wife, Christina, surprised me. She was up in Santa Fe, and she just sat down beside me. And uh, we've been related by marriage for over 47 years yeah. in a row. And I've got a few friends here who also surprised me. Um, <clears throat> what I'm going to do, and, and I think I'm doing it over a few Wednesdays, I want to talk about moving in the rhythm of the kingdom. And tonight I'm going to focus more on, on what Jesus meant by the kingdom and the implications of that. And then, and then moving into how do we release the kingdom of God in and through our lives. Um, I was in Uganda. We uh, took a team into a village uh, where actually we were the first outsiders since 1979. We like to go off the beaten track. And um, we were doing medical clinic and praying for people. And we also were distributing uh, household water filter systems because unsafe drinking water is the number one health issue in the world. So we've been very involved in that for a long time. Anyway, as we were walking along, two friends of mine and, and, and me, a, a woman, an old woman saw us and she came out of her hut and, um, and she said, would you please come and help? Sure, we went down. And... Um, my friend started to set up a, a water filter because their water was terrible. But she said, my husband um, is uh, deaf and, and he's blind and he hasn't been able to get out of his bed for eight years. Would you pray for him? So I went in and there's this fellow and you can imagine how, how atrophied his muscles would be after eight years of not moving. And she said, and, and because he can't hear, we can't talk to each other anymore. And she's got tears. And I said, well, Jesus will heal him. And I, uh, I knelt down beside his little cot. And I prayed for him. And suddenly he starts talking. Um, and she starts talking back and forth and back and forth. And she's so excited. And she's kind of laughing and crying all at once because now he can hear and so that's, that's good, isn't it? So while I was kneeling there, I said to him, you know, of course I have a translator. I remember all these things in English, but it's because I have translators. But I said to him, sir, would you like me to pray uh, so that uh, you can get out of this bed? And he said, yes, I would. And so I prayed for him, and I just prayed... Um, Probably as you guys would pray. I don't know what words I prayed, but I would have prayed for the just for for Christ to touch him and the power of heaven to touch him. And then I said, Would you like to try standing up? 
And he said, yes, I would. And I remember I was kneeling down beside him. So as I got up, he jumps out of bed. Eight years. Eight years. And he's standing there. And I said, would you like to try walking? Yes, I would. And he starts walking back and forth across this little hut just like crazy. And his wife's laughing and crying. It is very good. And then I prayed for him because he was blind. I prayed for him, and he got light. He didn't get shape, but he got light, and we were very excited. And uh, by the way, uh, two team members went back the next day to see how he was doing, and when they prayed for him, he got his full vision. But um, And in the meantime, my friends were outside getting them clean water for the first time ever. One of the things I want to say to you tonight is, many of us know Ephesians um, 320, that, that beyond all we could ask or even imagine is what God will do. And that's why I call this moving in the rhythm of the kingdom. As we begin to learn to move in his rhythm, it's, things happen beyond what we ever could imagine. So, you know, I've, that was pretty good. And uh, in the meantime, my two friends, they'd done the filter and they moved on. And they were... Uh, you know, I don't know, three, four hundred yards down the lane of this little village. And they saw a woman sitting out on her front porch. They said, could we pray for you? Because that's, you're going to hear more about that um, through this little series. But she said, yes. They said, what do you need? And she said, we have no money. My husband and I and our two kids, we have no money. And they said, oh, well, we'd be glad to pray for you. And then she filled in the pieces. She said, because you see, my father got very sick. And and he hasn't been out of his bed for eight years. And he's blind and he's deaf. And we've given all our money to the doctors and he's not getting any better. And then we said, we think we have some very good news for you. When we learn to move in the rhythm of the kingdom, God really does some remarkable things. So, we'll put some scriptures up. This is a favorite for many of us. It's from John's prologue, John chapter 1. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. (coughs) Pardon me. And we beheld His glory. The glory is the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. We have been worshiping tonight, and I loved it, um, we have been worshiping Jesus Christ. And as I talk to you about the kingdom, we must, of course, talk about the king. How many know that a kingdom has to have a king? Right? I heard you guys were sharp. I knew you'd get that one. This is, <coughs> excuse me, this is the great incarnational verse where God became human that the divine became flesh so that ultimately he would bring us into our full and final destiny. And um, when, when God became flesh, when Christ came in the flesh, everything changed. Everything changed from that moment on. And we're in a process of change and transformation, but that's where it all started. And... Again, that's kind of underpinning what I want to share with you. I love Psalm 24. Who is this king of glory? Right? Lift up your heads, you gates. 
I want to just frame what I want to share tonight with, I think it's my favorite hymn in the Bible, in the New Testament about Christ, a Christological hymn, and it's, uh, Paul either wrote it or he's quoting it in Colossians 1, 15 to 20, and in, in the people that have hung out with me over the years know that I'm continuously taking us back and saying, this we meditate on. Because this is who Christ is. Um, Let me read that to you. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. Say all creation. For through him, God created everything. Say everything. How much? In the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see. Uh, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, authorities, and the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. How much was created through him and for him? And he existed before anything else. And this remarkable phrase from verse 17, and he holds all things together. At all times, from before the beginning of time, right up to this moment, I am convinced that when Jesus, thank you, I am convinced that when Jesus <clears throat> inaugurated the kingdom, because he came announcing the kingdom, uh, uh, Matthew 4, he came announcing the kingdom of God. He spoke about the kingdom of God more than anything else. Uh, about 100 times in the Gospels, he talks about the kingdom. He finished his Uh, when he's with the disciples before he ascends and for 40 days he taught them about the kingdom. It was absolutely central. And I believe that with the incarnation and his proclamation of the kingdom of heaven coming to earth that a, a shift, like a tectonic shift happened that is still happening. The kingdom of God, the gospel of the kingdom is a bigger gospel than most of us, probably all of us, ever realize. Because no matter how big we think it is, it's bigger still. And <clears throat> the kingdom comes to transform lives at every level. The gospel of the kingdom touches every part of life. Say every part of life. Now say it like you mean it. Oh, there you go. That almost woke me up. Both individually and corporately. I watch this around the world. When the kingdom comes, everything changes. Economically, socially, supernaturally. It is a gospel of rescue. It's a gospel of confrontation against injustice. It is a gospel that is demonstratively good news to the poor. It's a gospel that confronts the status quo. How many think the status quo needs some confrontation? It is a gospel that brings transformation wherever it is embraced. The gospel of the kingdom of God is why you and I are here. It is is why, as disciples of Jesus, we're on assignment. And I'll talk about that in a minute. The reason is, God has created you and me to participate in his greater story. His eternal story. And his ever unfolding plan for creation, it is a bigger and a more beautiful gospel than you 
ever, ever realized. That's why the name of the conference we did a few weeks ago was called The Beautiful Gospel. When we follow Jesus into this great adventure, something starts to happen. I've watched this, you know, about 2,000 times now. We've had people go to the nations with us. And I watch again and again and again as they begin to, to recognize and learn to move in the rhythm of the kingdom. Something comes alive in them. It's like I always hoped this would be true. This discovery awakens something deep within us when we find that the desires of our heart are not just fantasies. The deepest desires of our heart, Tomas, what God has put in you, and sometimes you're even afraid to whisper it to anybody, he put it in there that it would be fulfilled. That's what this is about. I'm going to tell you a hundred times the gospel is bigger, more immediate, more all-encompassing, and more powerful than you ever thought. We have had too small of a gospel. Folks, we've gradually reduced and reduced and reduced the gospel until it's, it's come to Jesus, come to church, go to heaven. That's not the gospel. It never was. The early church wouldn't have even recognized that. It is a gospel that is so much more dynamic. On Sunday, Pastor Richard said, you changed the atmosphere. I almost stood up and said, amen, but I didn't because, you know, I'm new. Um, (laughs) Beloved, when we follow Jesus, what we're called to do is change the possibilities. It can be individual. I was... there was a, a gal here in town, and, and she was about to go for an operation. She had a, a, a really bad uh, vascular problem. And I said, well, let's ask Jesus to heal you. And we prayed, and she says, oh, I feel so warm and hot and everything. I said, well, get to the doctor and see what happens. Because she was scheduled for surgery. And she then got in touch with me and said, there's nothing there. I'm fine. I'm perfect. That's the kingdom of God. But when we feed hungry people, that's the kingdom of God. Do you understand? Jesus said, the blind see, the deaf hear, the lepers are cleansed, and the poor have good news demonstrated to them. I almost got excited there. One time I was with a group of people like this in Patterson, New Jersey, which is, anybody been to Patterson? It's not like a key tourist location. And we were right down the poor part and and just praying for people. And this woman, uh, turns out she'd had two strokes and she was leaning on a cane so hard it was bending. She said, I'm in terrible pain all the time. And I said, Jesus will heal you right now. And I just put my hand on her and I prayed. And again, we'll get into that later. Uh, But all of a sudden, she said, it's gone, it's gone, it's gone. And she picked up her cane and she ran up the block to her friend. She started shouting out to her friend, it's gone, it's gone. That's the kingdom. Okay, that's the kingdom. When we get medicine to sick people, that's the kingdom. When you guys distribute 20,000 pounds of food among the needy, that is the kingdom the very same as when we pray for somebody and their eyes open. This gospel is big, folks. 
When we say yes to his invitation to follow him, we step into a great adventure. I promise you that. Over the last few years, the Lord has been speaking a consistent message to me. In his mercy, in his grace, I've seen how powerful his gospel is again and again and again for several decades. And it always amazes me. I I feel like I won the kingdom lottery or something, Richard. But what he's been saying to me the last couple of years is how beautiful is your gospel? How beautiful is your gospel? We're invited to bring beauty all around us. It's like scattering seed. A few nights ago, Christina and I were down at Coronado Park, where um, there's a lot of homeless there right now. They'd cleared it out on Wednesday again, and by Thursday they were all back. And we were just there with some other folks and just made some sandwiches and some stuff, you know. And uh, I think I counted 105 tents or something, so there was probably 150, 200 people. And I went out. Our team was handing out stuff. But I went out with two ladies. One had never done anything like this before, and a guy. And we went out to the tents out near the edge because... Those folks were too broken to even come into the middle to get the stuff. And all I know is it wasn't about the sandwiches and the snacks that we made. It was about the beauty of Jesus. It, frankly, was, it was about saying, I see you. Do you understand? People feel invisible. They're broken and they're bruised and they feel invisible. There's something beautiful just in seeing you. Ezekiel 47, about the river of God. Ezekiel writes about it. John in in Revelation 22 writes about it. So let me just share this with you because this is part of our job description. Excuse me. Starting at verse 1. Where the river flows, that's this river of God that flows from the temple. Where the river flows, everything shall live. God said to me, this water flows out of the eastern region and goes down to the Arabah. And where it enters, when it enters the sea, check this out, the sea of foul water, the sea of addiction, the sea of abandonment, the sea of hopelessness, the sea of brokenness of which we all participate. The sea of foul water, where it enters the sea, the water of the sea becomes fresh. And every kind of living creature that swarms will live wherever the river flows. Say, wherever the river flows. And there will be no, uh, there will be a huge number of fish because this water goes there. Since the water will become fresh, there will be life everywhere. The river goes. That's learning to move in the rhythm of the kingdom. In, uh, in Isaiah 52.7, How lovely on the mountains are the feet of them. Some of us are old enough to remember we used to sing how lovely. Oh, never mind. Um, they're leaving. <laughs> um, so I, I'm 
I'm going to say it again. I ask myself this constantly, and I think the Spirit of God asks me this constantly. When I bring the gospel, when I bring the good news, do I demonstrate its beauty? This has become a big and constant question for me. The invitation to follow Jesus is an invitation to step into releasing the beauty of the Lord into the lives of people and into His creation. I told you the kingdom is a bigger message. It's a central message. It's why we're here. It's our partnership with the gospel. Now let me tell you a few things. We're called into God's greater story. And something that is true, I don't care if you're a follower of Jesus or not, I don't care who you are, the universal DNA in all humanity has got two parts to it. Everyone needs security and everybody needs significance. That's just a fact. When we really start to get this, I tell you, our whole lives become an awful lot more effective for the gospel. Security and significance. Now, There is a deep down desire in every person to be part of something bigger than themselves. Some of us who are getting, you know, we've got more in the rearview mirror than out the front. We realize more and more God put a desire for us to to have a footprint, to be part of something bigger than we are. It's the Creator's stamp on us. His purposes are bigger than me. The gospel is bigger than you get to go to heaven. Frankly, that's not even the gospel. But we'll go there another day. Some of you are going, oh, I thought he was a Christian. The gospel is about the transformation of everything. It's God's greater story. From beginning to end, it's about the the reaching out. Now, let's, let's bring this down to earth a little bit. Jesus said, come follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. It was really interesting to me that Jesus didn't say to Andrew and Peter and James and John, you can read about it in Matthew 4, he didn't say, come follow me, and I'm going to lead you to the Father. He didn't say, come follow me, and I'm going to heal your heart. He didn't even say, come follow me and you'll go to heaven. He didn't say it. He said, come follow me. I'm going to teach you how to fish for people. Come follow me. There's a job to do. And over that call, they dropped everything and followed him. Now, as they followed him, they met the Father. He healed their hearts. He said, you're going to be with me forever. But that was not the nature of the call. This hit me once. It was interesting. I was in, I was actually, my friend Rob from London's here tonight. I was with Rob and others in Burundi, Africa. And uh, I was supposed to get up and preach. And I had to walk about 30 yards. We were undercover because it was raining. And something I did not know when I was sitting, I knew by the time I got to the platform. It was just the weirdest feeling. Now, what I just shared with you is what I knew. 
Jesus called people to purpose. Now, I've been preaching the gospel uh, outdoors and in many, many, many countries. And to be honest with you, when it was time for the invitation, and it was wonderful, people would come and they'd get saved, they'd get healed. But, you know, the first ones to come up were, were the old ladies or the ones who had their husband by the ear and they were dragging him up. And, and, and the last ones to come up were the young people. Because the gospel I preached wasn't this gospel. I remember from that night on, and it's now, you know, I don't know, 11, 12 years ago. When I preached the gospel of the kingdom, that he's called you to a great purpose. When I stand in a place in India or Philippines or wherever, and I say, the kingdom of God, you are being called into the kingdom to walk with Jesus, to experience him day by day, but he's taken you somewhere to change your community, to change your country, to do this. You know what? I'm not exaggerating. My wife will tell you the truth. From that point on, the first ones to come forward are the young men and women. And there's also about two or three times as many people. We are made for purpose. Have you got that? We are made for purpose. Your inheritance and mine is bigger than many of us have thought. It's our calling is more than believing certain truths. If I believe these doctrines, then I'm in. And frankly, I hang around till I'm 80 or 90, and then I get to go to heaven. That's not that good news. What he said was, come follow me. There's a job to do. And following him does not mean agreeing with certain doctrinal truths. Although I, I teach doctrine all the time. I was working on it all day today, teaching, getting ready for a series on First John. So don't misunderstand me. But, but what he, we're called to is to follow the Jesus way. Follow me physically. He's moving. He's always on the move. If you're going to follow him, get moving. But he's also walk the way he walked. So he says, come follow me in chapter 4 of Matthew. And one chapter later, he gives definition to what it means to follow him. And that is the Sermon on the Mount, which, by the way, is our constitution. It's our Magna Carta. It is what it means to follow Jesus, and it is so antithetical to so much of our culture, and in some cases our culture in and out of the church. He said, come follow me, and then he takes him into what that means. Okay. Wow. It's almost 7.30. Um, So what did God mean? What did Jesus mean when he talked about the kingdom of God? He meant the life of the age to come has now penetrated earth. What Jesus did was he brought heaven now. The folks who walk with me, they have heard that for 20 years. He brought heaven now. I had, uh, what story will I tell you? In, In a, 
in a relocation camp in Haiti where I had a big team. One night, two homemakers, first time ever, but we'd been, they'd been watching this and doing it and learning to move in the rhythm. They prayed for a five-year-old girl who'd been born deaf. And as they prayed, suddenly her eyes got big and it's what Christine and I call the look because we've seen it all over the world. Rob's seen it all over the world. And Kenneth's seen it all over the world. I've got a few friends here. And so in a moment she could hear. And the place went crazy and he, she'd never heard sound, so she started to cry because it scared her. But what am I saying to you? <coughs> Pardon me. Excuse me, my little bit of a cough. Are there any deaf people in heaven? I mean, they may be deaf when they go. <laughs> but if you read Revelation 21 and 22, no more sickness, no more sorrow, no more pain, right? Are there blind people in heaven? Our job is to bring the reality of heaven to the people in front of us next week. I'd like to tell you about how to do that. So right there, heaven came to that little girl. And by the way, the whole direction of her life changed forever in a moment. Because otherwise she was going to grow up to be the deaf woman in the, in the village. I'm going to move on past some of what I was going to say. I want to talk to you about recovering a biblical worldview. Everybody still with me? Okay. And I want to tell you this. If, if you only get one thing tonight, get this. What you believe about the king, about Jesus, will determine how you live your life. I promise you that. You can take that to the bank. What you believe about Jesus will determine how you live your life. And some of the things we believe about him, we hardly even know we believe about him. And usually they're small things or retributive things. So let's look. He says, come follow me. So what kind of king are we following? First of all, he was the seeking king. Luke 19.10, the son of man came to seek and to save that which was lost. He went looking for Zacchaeus. Nobody else wanted to see Zacchaeus. He's another one of those invisible ones, by the way. Because they just thought, man, he's just ripped us off. And, and Jesus stops and he says, hey, Zach, come on down. I'm having tacos at your place today. And he changed his life being seen. So what am I saying? Jesus takes the initiative. If you're going to follow Jesus, you follow the one who's always seeking Always out there moving. Jesus didn't have office hours. Secondly, he's the inviting king. He lived the most inclusive life of anyone who has ever lived. Two wonderful stories he tells in uh, Matthew 22, in Luke 14. He says, this is how the kingdom works. It's like a guy who holds a big banquet. And then he sends out the folks. He says, come on in. Come on in. You come too. I want to tell you something I learned years ago. Most people who don't know Christ self-exclude. They say, oh, I can't. You don't know what I've done. You don't know this. You don't know that. They self-exclude. Zacchaeus was hiding up in a tree because he was self-excluding. Jesus lived the most inclusive life inviting life ever. He said, you come too. 
you come too. When you start to get this into you, folks, hold on to your hats. I'm afraid you're going to have to have three or four services. Because because people think they're not invited, and they are. By the way, a little thing, just as a little sidebar. One of the ways to make this practical is to do what Paul and Peter and the writer of Hebrews said, and that is to pursue hospitality. Romans, it's not up here, but Romans twelve thirteen. Some of your Bibles will say practice hospitality. It's a bad translation of the Greek. It's pursue, be proactive. By the way, hospitality is not having friends from the church over for a barbecue and cards. That's fellowship, and it's really important. Don't give up on that. But hospitality is when we reach out beyond the church to those who don't yet know how wonderful this Jesus is. Okay? And that's a way to make this following the inviting king practical. Thirdly, the servant king. Uh, Mark uh, 10.45, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. I've got a dear friend who wrote a book years ago called Conspiracy of Kindness. I was on the phone with him today. And he, he coined a phrase called servant evangelism. He wrote a book that sold about a half a million copies. And it was all built on, we're going to follow the servant king. We're going to serve Albuquerque. I'm going to serve my neighborhood. I'm going to, and it, that's moving in the rhythm. Something happens in the invisible realm that just draws people. Um, he's the rescuing king. And I'll be quick on this because I, I want to get home on this one. Um, Acts 10.38, you can write down. 1 John 3.8, both are about Jesus came to rescue. He came to rescue. We're going to talk about beauty for ashes next time. So, <clears throat> pardon me. When he calls us, it's to a beautiful adventure. It's a bigger gospel, I'll say it again, than, oh, come to my church. And come to Jesus, and then one day you'll go to heaven. It is a gospel that transforms all parts of life. And you don't need to know the secret handshake to do it. We're all called. And when he said, follow me, he didn't mean make sure your doctrine, spend the next X years learning your doctrine and get all your Bible stuff. Remember, you're talking to a guy who's a Bible teacher. But he said, no, follow me. Learn to walk in the rhythm of the kingdom. Oh, I've got too many stories and it's too late. So let me just say a few little points and then I will land this plane. How do you know you're moving in the rhythm of the kingdom? How do you know you're moving in the rhythm of the Jesus way? Well, it's a little bit like following footsteps. And it's like there's markers on the way. And I always look for these three things. The first one, (coughs) pardon me, is rescue. The activity of the kingdom is about rescue. Um, Two and a half years ago, I took a team into a brick factory in northern India where the kids are slaves, all the family members, three generations. They're slaves because they're indentured. It's a a whole deal. They're not allowed to leave. In fact, they're building their own prison generation after generation with the bricks. And the kids are so hungry that the parents put brick dust in with the rice. Uh, We were in a place where the kids were eating dirt. And the doctors were saying to us, they've got pica, they've got a disease by eating dirt. It's terrible. 
Well, again, just cut to the chase, I guess. We had an opportunity. God opened a door through a lot of prayer. And the owner of this particular brick factory, of which there are hundreds, if not thousands, uh, we went to him and we said, if we pay for the, a child to, to uh, go to school, it'll cost $130, but we can get them a uniform and the stuff they need and registration. And by the way, when you get into school in the Indian public system, once you're in, you're in. They just take you year after year, and they feed you a meal a day. Well, he said, well, sure, you can do that, but nobody's going nobody's gonna to sign up for that. And um, we had 862 kids we got out of slavery. And, and by now, we're just over 1,600, and there's going to be a whole campaign, I think, in the fall. Their lives are rescued They're being fed. They're being educated. They didn't know anything. They didn't know how to put shoes on. We had our team there teaching them how to put shoes on. We have a team there after school every day tutoring them. In fact, we got several teams. So that's one of the markers I look for is rescue. The next one I look for is reconciliation. He's given us a ministry of reconciliation, right? 2 Corinthians 5. The movement of God is never toward separation. Say never. The movement of God cuts across our flesh that wants to separate from those people or that situation. He has given us a ministry of reconciliation. And and another time I can talk about reconciliation being at the very heart of the work of the cross. And the third thing is restoration. Um, Right now we're in the midst of a a campaign. I think it wraps up in about two weeks. We have um, young girls, many of them pregnant. They've been abused by family members and out on the street. And they're living on the streets in uh, uh, Kampala, Uganda. And uh, we're on our way now to getting 1,200 of them restored. Yes, rescued off the street, but then they get training, they get put into safe housing. When they learn how to do a business, we give them loans. We've done that for thousands now, but that's restoration. I'm going to finish by giving you one scripture as I said, I'd be done at 8.10, and I'm going to just about do it by gum. Um, okay, so do you understand what I'm saying? You're trying to understand the rhythm of the kingdom. So you look for rescue. Say rescue. rescue. Look for reconciliation. Rescue. Look for restoration. Rescue. You see, God is about the restoration of life as he intended it to be, going all the way back to Genesis chapter 3, and it's never changed. That's why it's such a big gospel. There were some women, there's a village, uh, maybe another time I can tell you about it, but it, it was the poorest village we'd ever worked in. People were sick and dying from the water. We, 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 we managed over the several years, we got, we got a clean water to 20,000 people. We, we built a school. There's 520 kids come. They even have a bank now, and on and on and on. But what we did was we encountered some women who, like so much of our world, the only way they can feed their family... Wow. You guys don't mess around. The only way they can feed their family is by prostitution or begging. So what we did was this. We got some acreage of really fertile land. And in Uganda, you can grow crops year-round. And 
we divided it up into big enough plots, about quarter acre, that they could feed their family, they could build their own simple house. And there's now about 150 women and children living there. When I first went, after we did this, I went to see it, and nobody had come yet, and I saw one woman who was with a hoe breaking the ground up. I mean, now it's just crowded with everything. But when I saw it, a scripture came to me right away. And it's the last scripture I'm going to give you tonight about restoration, about what we're called to. It's from Isaiah 65. See, I will create new heavens and a new earth. The former things will not be remembered, nor will they come to mind. Prostitution, begging, starvation, domestic violence, addiction, you know the list. The former things will not be remembered, nor will they come to mind. They will build houses and dwell in them. That's what hit me when I saw it. They will plant vineyards and eat their fruit. No longer will they build houses and others live in them or plant and others eat, which is exactly what was happening. They just kept getting pushed off. For as the days of a tree, so will be the days of my people. My chosen ones will long enjoy the work of their hands. They will not labor in vain, nor will they bear children doomed to misfortune. For they will be a people blessed by the Lord, they and their descendants with them. Beloved, that's what we're called to. That is a big and beautiful gospel. Everyone was created for security and significance. When he said, come follow me, he called us to a purpose. And it rescues lives. It changes lives. I'm in such a blessed place. I get to see tens of thousands of lives every year rescued. But you know what? You're called to the same thing. I've watched God heal in parking lots in Albuquerque. It's not just India and Africa. So I'm going to finish this. And can I pick this up again next week, Richard? Thanks. Otherwise, I really left them hanging. But if the Lord has stirred something, reignited or stirred something fresh tonight, that there's something there, a hunger for a bigger, more beautiful gospel. If you want to stand, I just want to pray for you. Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Come flood this place. Change the atmosphere. Lord, I'm asking for you to do what only you can do. I'm asking you to enlarge our vision, to turn us outward rather than inward. I'm asking you to begin to give us a hunger for this journey of following you into heaven now. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, 
I bless you. I bless you on a journey to recognize the rhythm of the kingdom. I bless you with the eyes of God to begin to see where rescue and reconciliation and restoration are coming and where he's inviting you into it. In the name of Jesus, I bless you to receive a vision of the kingdom of heaven that is bigger, more inclusive, more powerful, and more beautiful than you ever, ever before. In Jesus' name. I know I know I'm done. I've got nine seconds. I can't talk that fast. Um, we have prayer team, yes, Pastor? Uh, the person who's been having a lot of trouble with your right knee, if you'd come forward today, uh, the Lord will heal you. There's also someone who's had just a consistent problem with swallowing and uh, aggravation, irritation in your throat. Come. If you'll come, the Lord will will heal you. Also, those who have a real problem with dry eyes, there's three of you. If you'll come um, uh, and uh, our team will pray for you and and he'll heal you, all right? So, uh, prayer team, where are you? Help. Um, Huh. Maybe it's just because I saw Tomas, but um, I felt like a little while ago the Lord said there's, there's... Two people here with um, a hip problem, somewhat degenerative. If you will come forward, the Lord will heal you. And then if you need healing, um, come. I think he just gives these little words to encourage us is all. But if you need healing. But um, could we get prayer team? Yeah. Just So if you folks need for healing, nobody's come to you yet, put your hand up. And um, they'll come to you. Wherever there's a hand, they'll come. And uh, would it be all right, Pastor Richard, if, if Christina and Rob prayed too? Okay. Thank you. Thank you. You guys can leave. Thank you for letting me share my heart with you tonight. More, Lord. By the way, some people, when I talked about Zacchaeus and how This beautiful gospel is because folks feel invisible. He doesn't just heal bodies. He heals our hearts. It's about the restoration of all things. If that's you, if you have felt invisible, maybe that means lonely, maybe that means feeling oppressed, but if you've just felt invisible, would you come forward too and somebody will pray for you. So God bless you. I'll pass it over to Pastor Richard now. I know that God is working, really flowing right now, speaking to you and speaking into your spirit. Quit fighting it. Quit denying it. Some of you make room for people to come up to the front, slide over a little bit so people could move over. If someone hasn't prayed with you yet, flag them down and say, I haven't been prayed for. 
There's people that haven't been prayed for. Some of you prayer warriors, get over here and pray. Where are some of my ministers? Come and pray. We need you to come out here and pray. But we want God to do a supernatural work. Truly, the Spirit of the Lord is flowing. To move in the rhythm of the kingdom. We need to say, God, let that happen right now. Remove us from getting in your way, Lord. He wants to do some amazing things. Come and pray. There's people on this other side that haven't been prayed for. Just raise your hand again if you need prayer because there's people here that want to pray over you and pray with you. But we're believing that there's some kind of Everyone, okay. And we're just going to believe that God is still going to continue to do a work. I know some of you, your children are already being dismissed, so if you feel you need to leave, please don't hesitate. But Father God, you have poured word into our spirit. I pray that the, the, the devil... The demons will not come and uproot that seed, but it will land in good soil to bring forth fruit, Lord, to bring forth fruit in our life. Minister to us, Lord God. I pray in the holy name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You're dismissed. Leave quietly as we continue to just be ministered to. If you could continue to play some music to minister to us.